Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. You are listening to Missed Apex Podcast. We live F1. Welcome to Missed Apex Podcast, powered by SpannersReady.com, bringing you F1 blogs, reviews, podcasts, and occasionally news. Today's episode is called In Off The Cushion. I'm your host, Spanners Ready, and I'm joined by an esteemed panel and a bustling chat room on YouTube for our last in-season podcast of 2016. We're switching to fortnightly shows after the next couple of weeks. I hope you've enjoyed being with us this season and that you'll stay with us for next season. But more about our future plans towards the end of the show. So please hang around and we'll lay out our winter schedule for you and how to keep up with them. For those of you just finding us, we are an independent podcast hosted by SpannersReady.com, the home of Spanners Log. Stop sniggering. We aim to bring you your race review before your Monday morning commute. We might be wrong, but we're first. This show is safe for work. No naughty words here. We're keeping it clean so you can play this with kids in the background or in the car or at work. Joining me today is from Formula Spy, Chris Rainbow Sparkles Stevens. How's it going, Chris? It's going great, mate. How are you doing? I'm all right. Are you making another one of your stellar live radio appearances? Well, actually, live is the only true part of that. Stella, that's the, yeah, maybe. I mean, it's three in the morning, isn't it? Like, it's a start, but let's be honest, it's three in the morning. You can tell I'm pretty tired doing it. Uh, You just start mumbling. If you don't mention Missed Apex podcast on it, you're dead to me. I'm willing to take the risk. (laughs) (laughs) Next up, we've got Jeansy, Alex Van Jean, corporate chauffeur driver extraordinaire. How's it going, Jeansy? I'm doing all right, Spanners. How are we all this afternoon after fun and games? I'm devastated, not only with the mm. result, but how much social media have you had since the end of the race? Oh, constant abuse from, from all the haters. And let's say it was from both sides. Now, I saw some appalling things online today, and it's very hard not to get sucked into it when you're that passionate. We've got Downforce Radio commentator Ryan Ferret Ferris. 
Hey, what's up? I guess you're happy as a Nico Rosberg inverted commas fan circa 2013. Yes, I am very happy that uh, he deserved everything that he got. Who did you support in 2012? Just out of interest. 2012, I supported Hamilton when Hamilton was actually still a likable character. And the knives and forks you can hear in the background finishing off his tea is Downforce Radio boss Guru bow down to the legend of Jake Sanson. Watcher. How's it going? Which side of the fence were you on uh, today? Who were you hoping would win the championship? Uh, I didn't really vote for one or the other. I just wanted the championship to be decided in the right possible way, you know, the best possible way it could have gone. And to be fair, I got exactly what I wanted. You know, it was a great fight. So I'm happy. Bit of excitement. Let's go on. Let's go on to the race then. Didn't work out how I wanted it. Rubbish. Well, as a Lewis Hamilton fan, as some of you might have figured out from listening to Mr. Apex, I was hoping he was going to win the title. And the best option for that, to do that, was to have Max Verstappen and Daniel Ricciardo right up alongside him, Chris. But we were, we were dashed straight away as he managed to, well, he collected himself against Nico Hulkenberg, really. Yeah, he complained on the radio that uh, Hulkenberg kind of didn't give him any space. But I have to disagree with that because I... I think there isn't really much more Hulkenberg could have done that was down to uh, Verstappen to complete that move and yeah it was it was his own fault but he made a quite miraculous recovery he he was almost taking that line as if Hulkenberg wasn't there really though wasn't he and he was quite surprised he was trying to go all the way out to the edge of turn one looks like Alex is yeah. posturing for a say on that uh yeah I think he came in with too much speed and I just think he understood and because he was on full lock when you look at the replay and I think he's just touched the rear end of it and in those in those cars they're always on the edge of adhesion so I think he took the little touch and round she went I did find it funny how effectively like you uh, like's already said the fact that he was literally going straight for the apex then hit Rosberg uh, no Hulkenberg and then complained on the radio going oh Hulkenberg gave me no room guys I think he gave him all the room to be fair but it felt like then Chris that the best chance had gone because I know this is controversial but Kimmy's garbage and he hasn't overtaken anyone since 1746 so it was very unlikely that he was going to be the challenging force that was going to knock Rosberg off the podium you can't say you can't say that Kimmy's washed up he's out qualified better 1110 this season yeah but he hasn't outraced him 12 times out of 10 has he let's be fair come on uh, yeah, well, Ferrari have not exactly had the most consistent season. They've been a little bit all over the place. But on qualifying pace, Jake, he's Kimmy's out-qualified Vettel on qualifying pace. So he has the attention span of five minutes. <laughs> Yay. Okay, that's great. Uh, what we really need for Ferrari to win like races and Constructors' Championship is for him to have the attention span of an hour and 45 minutes. That's what we need, actually. Kimmy, well, well, sorry. Well, no well, points for quality. But, you know, Sebastian Vettel, he's a four-time world champion. <laughs> So how how do we sort of uh, conflate this? Because if you want to say that that Kimi's been beating Vettel this season, you know we're saying in one lap though, in yeah. one lap. It's uh, I'm not impressed with qualifying. I'm sorry. It's it's how you go in the race. That's where I get my kicks from. And to be honest, Kimi just doesn't seem to have the attention span over the course of a full race distance to be able to compete with Vettel on the with the same equipment. Jeansy, and I think yeah. Oh, go on. Go no, on. I was going to say Jeansy. I just get the feeling that actually both drivers and the team are, are all being terrible so it's actually hard to pick out a winner out of that lot 
well, arguably, sort of Spammer's kind of just touched on that, but arguably it's more, Vettel's been rubbish in Q3 this season, um, and Kimi's just been Normal. doing what he should be doing. You could have ended that statement with Vettel has been rubbish, full stop. Because to Which be honest, also true. most of the year he has been, and I don't even know why. He's got no reason to be rubbish. Do you, you know, know why, why? Why would it be? I said on social media, I said, "Well, maybe Kimmy's just looking good because Vettel's not all that." And then somebody replied with, "Yeah, four titles, mate." I'm like, "Oh yeah, no, I forgot about that. How long ago? <laughs> how long ago does that seem?" No, because from the moment he, from the Don't moment he stopped row. being the, the world champion, though, he's not really impressed since that moment, has he? No, not really, to be honest. No, he hasn't. And it, the thing is, it, I think this actually says more about Ferrari than it does Vettel. Because let's be honest, Fernando Alonso is still, in my opinion, one of the best three drivers on the planet. And he couldn't drag Ferrari to a world title in five years. And now Vettel, who is, again, one of the best three drivers on the planet right now, can't drag Ferrari to a title either. So I think it actually says more about Ferrari than it does about either Vettel or Alonso. So that did dash the hopes of Lewis having enough people between him and Rosberg to win the championship. And even as the Ferrari, sorry, as the Red Bull of Max Verstappen was making its way back through the field, wasn't it interesting to see that he couldn't outdrag Grosjean out of, I think, turn four, basically into the first straight. He got ahead, he got the traction, he got ahead initially. Then that Haas pulled away and that's pretty damning indication for the people who keep saying that Renault are about to burst onto the scene and become the dominant type former or at least catch up ryan but grosjean did have drs uh, i was thinking jesus that has is quick and then i thought ah wait a minute the bat uh, the 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 letterbox is open on it so i thought ah okay that makes sense <laughs> also we remember the red bulls got a hell of a lot more downforce therefore more drag and the has has almost no downforce so that also plays a big contributing factor to it as well uh, Vortex Motio, Motio was telling us that at this track, having low downforce is only an advantage during qualifying. And during the race, what you want is actually quite a lot of down- downforce planted on. That's an argument for the uh, for looking after your tyres, yeah. Uh, but it, it does kind of depend on... Um, you know where you are on the on the grid because I mean you'll see that if uh, one of the top drivers has a poor qualifying, they'll trim some wing off to make the car quicker in a straight line, so it's easier to overtake. And Massa finished his career, Jake, by skinning Bottas midway round the lap and and getting that ninth place back. Yes, we know Bottas had an issue. Shh, don't ruin it. <laughs> no, it, it was nice. It was it was a nice way for Massa to bow out with that feisty element of you know gutsy gung ho driving that we've always seen from Massa. He does have that ability to pull it out the bag when he when it's needed. And to be fair, after the misery of seeing him crash out in Brazil, it was really really nice to see him get some points in the final race of the year. That's the right way to go out. And the whole track was racy. Actually, it's it's not. I know people think it's a tilkadrome and they don't like it, but it's it's delivered good racing in general. Alex, maybe the last couple of years aside. Yeah, it's not a bad circuit for racing because there's lots of corners that go that um, mean you can defend in one place but still overtake somewhere else. So it it, it gives, um, as Martin Brundle described, an error making corners. So those two chicanes at the end of the uh, second straight leaves it open to having a switch back and having a go at overtaking so it was it is a good circuit it is it's just um sometimes hasn't pulled out the best racing for some reason but today was today was really really good there was fighting up and down the field um 
But I think Massa was, I think Massa was kind of forgotten about though, through most of the UK stuff anyway. A, a lot yeah, of were. From I what mean, I was watching, he was kind of forgotten about. I, well, it was almost I like in Brazil. Him. Brazil, that was his farewell, wasn't it? That's how they treated it. Yeah, this weekend was all about Jensen Button. And yeah. I think, as Jensen said, he's a bit gutted. He didn't announce his retirement before. And it's a retirement. It's definitely not sabbatical. Uh, didn't announce his retirement before um, Silverstone because then he could have yeah. had a proper send-off at home. Yeah. Even the GP2 guys struggled to race, though, on that Yasmarina circuit. I mean, if they're struggling, then that, that really is a, a sign, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, I mean... The, the way he, you can make that so much better if you just took out the chicane at uh, five and six and had them go straight and then into the hairpin, it would immediately just improve the racing because you're coming off of a corner quicker. But I think there are worse. There are worse tracks, though. To be fair, and I, it gets a little bit of unfair criticism. I think simply because it's become fashionable to slate the Tilkadromes. No, I, I I disagree. I, I've never been a fan of the the circuit, to be honest. Um, yeah, there are worse ones on there, but these are these are supposed to be the best circuits in the world. Okay, yeah. sorry, Jake, just interrupted there. A special mention goes to, and the people in the Mist Apex Facebook group will know this already. Darren Johnston, who has every single race recreated the track in Scalextric, and he puts it up there to be assessed by the rest of the Facebook group. And there's always like for Brazil, the Brazil one was fantastic. The first comment was. Yeah, but what about the elevation, mate? So I only. <laughs> so I only. That's where, that's where those massive stacks of Autosport magazine and Motorsport News magazine come into play. You just have to position them exactly the right way. That's all. So as soon as I see the Scalextra come on, I'm like, yay! I wonder who's going to nitpick first. But we've really enjoyed that, Darren. So that's been a, a great feature of the season. So can we the can we the week before races in future? Can we go over to his and just like do a feature filming racing around the track in Scalextra? Can that just be like a part of 2017, please? He That'd may be, be in America, but if the Downforce radio budget stretches. Unlike to travel. Okay. I will charter the Learjet. I will charter the Learjet. Two retirements early on. First of all, Kevin Magnussen retired. <clears throat> Renault didn't seem devastated. I guess that's not their man anymore. Uh, I don't so- even think Kevin seemed devastated, to be honest. <laughs> Thank, that's over. Great. Off to Haas. Uh, now, Ryan, I know you had an opinion, though, because in the end, I think they, they had a choice of going for K-Mag, but they didn't offer him what he wanted and they weren't willing to compromise and they went for Jolian Palmer. You feel that was the right or wrong decision? Yeah, I think it's the right decision to go for Palmer, because if you think about it, K-Mag has been, he's been at McLaren, did a season and one race, replacing uh, Alonso for being injured in uh, Australia uh, last season, and then also he's done this season, and he's not really shown, considering uh, Palmer has just came along for his first season, he started a little bit behind, but then through the season he sort of gained confidence and sort of found himself doing better than K-Mag, so it almost seems that uh, like K-Mag has uh, almost found like um, a peak or it might not stay at that peak. He might carry on once he gets to Haas, but it seems that Palmer was getting better and better. So he seems the person to go for. I do agree with you about Palmer, but I also think that you can't properly assess their driving given the, the car that they're driving. It's, it's really not ideal. It's basically the 2015 Lotus with a Renault engine in it. So... I think maybe 2017 will be a fairer uh, representation of their driving. Okay, from the chat room then, uh, discussing whether Vettel's all that or not, 
And let's see, who was it? Paul Wright says, I think the regs at the time played into Seb's way of driving, very planted with that blown diffuser. So maybe he is a driver of his time, very much how Mark Webber had the opposite, where he got he got caught out with a driving style required that he didn't have, you know, despite being an excellent and fast racer. Uh, Hannah Hassel says, Ryan has got a hell of a lot of gin in him. That is standard. <laughs> That's a feature. That's not a bug. That's that's how we came out of the packaging, unfortunately. Uh, Gary Gerhard says, so over massa since 2009. And On The Gas, who earlier criticised us for not having any Americans on the podcast, by the way, this is the first Missed Apex podcast without an American. Uh, but he mentioning about uh, Abu Dhabi says, the circuit is better if you have Lewis Hamilton acting as a safety car bunching up the field oh no apologies that is blackout 19 uh, with that comment so let's go on to a more pertinent retirement which was the wheel falling off of jensen button's car one final time he ultimately had no grip at the front right hand corner i personally feel that it was quite amusing that jensen made the comment that this is actually his first car failure in the seven years that he's been with McLaren, I actually thought, hang on a minute, I'm going to sit back and look. And I actually went and looked through the results when he said that. I went, do you know what? He's right. He is right. That is actually the first time Jensen's car has actually failed in any way, shape or form in the seven years during a race. And that's, that's pretty incredible when you consider, you know, how good McLaren have been to him, but it, it just seemed so over Formula One. He seemed completely over Formula One at the end of the race, and I found that really quite refreshing. I don't know why, but we, we seem to drag out these retirements, and it goes on and on and on forever. But Jensen, at the end of the Grand Prix, you know, it, he was over Formula One. I've done that. It's dead. It's over. I'm going to carry on with my life. And he did say, you know, this is where the real action is right here with my family, with my friends, with the rest of my life. I can't wait to see him going into the World Rallycross Championship if that's where he decides to go next, because every single Rallycross meeting is going to be so much better than Formula One without Jensen Button in it. He's just going to make that sport so much better for being there. I can't wait. Did did Jensen actually um, have a car failure, or did he clunk that curb far too hard, which is what broke his Yeah, question. I was going to say, it it looked like a crash. (laughs) Ryan? I, I believe it was a car. It was a car failure, considering you know everyone else has gone over that curb, and it didn't look too hard. It sort of seemed something that the tires would be able to soak up, but potentially uh, the wishbone could have had some form of stress fracture that you wouldn't have been able to see, and so it would have just gone like that. Yeah, but as to Jake's point about him seeming fed up with F1, I almost wish it had come a couple of seasons earlier. If he'd have left two seasons earlier, he'd have had just the same amount of praise, just the same amount of plaudits for a great career. But he has come across very bitter and very tired in a lot of those interviews. And yes, it's interesting to see it. And he's always carried it off with a gentlemanly smile. But in a way, it's been kind of sad to see his obvious despair and frustration at the situation he's in. Yeah, I think I think he's glad to be going you know, it's it's interesting. I, I managed to have an interview with him at the end of last year. And even then, on the night he announced that he was staying with McLaren for another season in London, it seemed as though it was a bit haphazard. It was kind of, well, we'll do it for another year. It's fine. And, you know, when you're when you're thinking like that as a Formula One driver, you shouldn't be doing it personally because you know you invest too much time too much energy and too much of your passion into something that you haven't got 10 tenths of your commitment for so to be fair to Jensen I'm glad that he's retiring when he doesn't feel like he wants to carry on with it you know if you push it beyond that point 
Michael Schumacher potentially trying to relive past glories, you end up, you know, just kind of tainting your name to a certain degree. And I don't think Jensen, Jensen's not that kind of person who will do that. So I, I like the fact that he's ended now. I really can't wait to see what he's going to continue on with the rest of his career with. But it's it, it, it's a nice end of an era, you know, 17 years at the top of his game. He's been a legend. I am. Um, I'm probably going to be in the minority here, but I'm not bothered that he's going. Um, I think he probably should have gone at the end of 2012. Uh, 2012? Yeah, I think he'd have had a bit more dignity then because he did well in 2012. He's done nothing really ever since. Uh, But how could he have known exactly how far McLaren were going to fall? Because they were falling and falling, even with the Mercedes engine. And then they came out with that statement saying, oh, well, we'll never get anywhere with, uh, you know, not being a works team. That argument would have been great had they been beating Williams and Force India at the time. But they weren't even doing that. Then they took on the Honda engines with all that promise and stayed planted to the back of the grid jensen couldn't have known that i am i'm certain that him and alonso have been fed a constant drip feed of positivity and any day now any day now yeah but jensen would have had that back in the honda days when he was there saying any day now any day now um which if honda had stayed it would have happened but i i don't know i just i think he's moaned constantly since the end of 2012 since 2013 started and it it was it was never really there for him and then the car was not very good through 2014 and has dropped off the face of a cliff yes in two years time i think that car will come back but i just don't i don't see the benefit to jensen um you know he's not the rain master that everybody thinks he is he doesn't make these wonderful calls that everybody thinks he does <laughs> um i'm i'm just not a jensen fan. i know i'm gonna get slated for it but i'm just just never have been a Jensen fan, and I think it's, I think it's way past time for him to go. Is Jensen a bit like James Hunt in not his off-track activities, obviously, but in terms of his on-track? Is there a lot of correlation between Jensen and Hunt in terms of you know when things are going right for him, they're going really, really well, and then the rest of the time it's just kind of well, we'll just keep it going as long as it can go, and you know we'll drag a decent performance out of the bag when it's needed, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Is there a similarity there? Do you think? I'm not quite certain with that. I mean, from okay. a driving from a driving point of view, I don't think so. I think James Hunt was a much more t- naturally talented driver than Jensen is. Um, but I think he's. I think uh, Jensen kind of sits where I think Palmer is and where those guys are, where they're good enough to be around. And you put them in the right car in the right situation, like Rosberg, and they'll win a championship undeservedly don't jump the gun uh, (laughs) and then then everything um will fall in their way but i don't think they are of the naturally talented drivers who can go out there and make themselves if that makes sense i I hope hannah hassel lives nowhere near you because i think you're gonna get (laughs) something sometime soon (laughs) Uh, yeah the the chat room aren't really having a go at you i think they're expressing more sympathy because clara tetley hello clara says Jensen shouldn't have stuck around. Ron Dennis's treatment of him last season during contract renewal was appalling. And actually, he hasn't been treated well in that that regard a couple of times. So, you know, maybe he could have taken that as a hint, Chris, and, and bowed out earlier. Right, Jensen should have just moved teams, um, maybe even at the end of 2014, because... Williams, Williams for the win. Anywhere, because he just would have been... <laughs> It would have been an improvement, and he would have had certainly a lot more life to him, if that makes sense. And On The Gas says, Van Jean is way wrong, especially him as he races himself, and for any driver to be an F1 is the place to be. All right, then, let's let's move on. 
Let's move on. Let's talk about how the race started to filter out because we had both we had both Red Bulls on the slower tyre to extend them out longer, but uh, Max Verstappen stayed out longer than we could have possibly imagined, Chris, really, and he made a real nuisance of himself by getting in between the two Mercedes. Yeah, well, it was all, all a clever rouge to get him back up to the head of the field. Uh, of course, having dropped right down to the back, he sort of recovered to about 10th place uh, just as the leaders were coming into the pits. We didn't expect those su- uh, super soft tyres to last much more than 10 laps, but he really, really stretched out that stint. He actually doubled the length of that stint, which is really, really, I mean, th- those tyres were crying enough when he when he did come in, but it brought him right back into play. And it was interesting because he slotted in between the two Mercedes, Rosberg didn't have the pace for whatever reason to get past and he was being told, no, no, you need to get past him now. But Hamilton, who did have the pace, wasn't disappearing off into the distance because I guess he was just keeping a check on the situation behind him. But he was driving so slowly, his tyres were out of the thermal window and he was being warned about graining. Well, what you've got to remember is that uh, Nico needed a podium to uh, win the world championship if Lewis won the race. And uh, if you are, you know, sat behind Max Verstappen, who you've had a couple of coming uh, coming across us with during the season, uh, like Martin said in commentary, you're going to treat him like the back end of a donkey. So he didn't want to get caught up in an unnecessary scrap if he was already in a position to win the championship. Lewis, meanwhile, isn't in a position to win the world championship. So what does he do? He starts backing them up. And, and in the hope that, you know, uh, either Vettel or Raikkonen or Ricardo is going to come in and take that position away from from Rosberg and give him the position he needs to win the championship. Sorry, Alex, I thought you were trying to get in there, mate. <laughs> I was before, but then Chris went off, so I thought I got missed. Um, so, no, I think the only reason Max managed to make that stint go as long as it would do is because Lewis was holding everybody up if Lewis wasn't holding everybody up so much and going so off the pace I don't think that strategy would work for Max it was just down to the fact that Lewis was going so slowly yeah. that it kept him that he kept him in the fight I don't think he was even at 60% of what he could have driven at no no and it, so pathetically slow yeah, it was so funny because before the race, I was saying, would you back him up? And he was like, no, nah, no, that's not practical. That's not that's not really something that I could think of. Not in the back of my mind. And then instantly it was like, ooh, ooh, you liar. This was your plan all along. <laughs> Any other race of the year and the Mercedes would have won this race by miles. Yeah. I, yeah. Think they were, I think they were further ahead in this race than they have been for most other races. I think, yeah. they, I think, the, I think the Mercedes boys put everything on this car to show what the car could do. But Lewis had other plans for that. The team said, though, that if if either one of you tries backing the other one up, then we're just going to pit the other car and you're going to get undercut. Which is so, why he didn't do the serious backing up until after the last pit stop. Exactly. <laughs> OK, uh, well, the other contender for getting in between the two Mercedes was Daniel Ricciardo, but he got stuck between the Ferraris. And Jake, again, again, they get caught out by the undercut. Ferrari out tacticked by someone i for one was massively shocked it just feels like taking on ferrari with strategy is like punching a sick kitten at the moment it's embarrassing you know this is one of the greatest teams in the history of the sport this is the team that's been there since the second race in formula one's history 
and they just can't get strategy right. What is the deal over at Marinella? I just can't understand it. This is supposed to be the wealthiest team in the sport, the most intelligent, the most uh, experienced, uh, the most passionate. And at the moment, they look like a NASCAR team rushing around trying to do Formula One. And that is quite embarrassing when you consider how many thousands and thousands of people worldwide are rooting for them to be a little bit more professional once in a while. It's shocking. They called Vettel's strategy perfectly, though. Did exactly what they did in Mexico, which was extend that middle stint so you can have nice, fresh... Yeah, and that was all down to Vettel. That was all down to Vettel being able to use that middle stint to his advantage. He was so, so clever with it. And to be fair, I think it's the first time all year that I've been wowed by Vettel. I've seen him do okay in recent weeks but that race in particular wow he was just absolutely fantastic i agree with you when you say it's all down to vettel i can believe you because how many radio calls have we heard where sebastian has overruled the call from the pit wall and done his own thing and stayed out extra laps i can totally buy that that's that's him taking the bull by the horns and saying no i'm not coming in although we didn't hear that today yeah i can see your point on that one i mean i don't know what it is to be honest I really, really wish that we were seeing an incredible Ferrari at the moment because, you know, they've gone through six or seven years of average behavior as a race team. And yet they've got, you know, a four times world champion on their team. They've got Kimi Raikkonen, a world champion on their team. They've had Fernando Alonso in their team. And they just don't know what they're doing. This is Ferrari, for goodness sake. This isn't a midfield team. This is Ferrari. This is like going back to the early 90s when you had Prost and Alesi, two of the best drivers on the grid. And they were just dragging that car around the circuit as if it had broken legs. It was just appalling. And it looks like we're going through that again now. Okay, so we've covered Ferrari, Mass's retirement, Max Verstappen's spin, Jensen Button, uh, the Skelectric track from the Facebook group. Um, I think that's about it. I think... I think we're covered, guys. I think we can pretty much just end it there and uh, just say goodnight, everyone. Nothing really happened. After. <laughs> and here's yeah, right. where it got interesting. Uh, so <laughs> so Christian Horner gives a veiled, not so veiled message over to the Mercedes pit wall to say, hey, do you know what? If Hamilton had slowed down a little bit, we actually could have got you know both of our guys out in front of him. And Christian Horner was really championing all weekend almost, he was talking about what Red Bull could do to take the championship from Nico Rosberg. I kind of got a feeling, Chris, that Red Bull were really gunning somehow, either for Lewis Hamilton or against Nico Rosberg. I don't think it's that. I think they just know that in a straight dogfight, they're not going to beat the Mercedes. So if Lewis tries a tactic like that, they've got an opportunity to sneak a, a second place or, or even maybe a win. Okay, well, all this stuff, all this stuff that happened set us up for a fantastic final third. And I think you'll agree that that really is the Big Dirty News of the weekend. Big Dirty News. (laughs) That's me. I do that bit. That's brilliant. I love that. (laughs) Well, not the piano. That is my my beautiful favourite bit of the show, that. I love that. That's my beautiful wife. I will credit Nicola from Cherry Sunday who provided a lot of the Wow, jingles. she's got a deep voice. <laughs> I'll admit I did do the vocal, but uh, she okay, is a, right. a classical pianist. I'm very, very proud of her. I'll get her on here to say hello to you one day. Okay, so the the big chat before the race was, would Lewis Hamilton back up 
Nico Rosberg into the pack and we found out it was a resounding yes. Before the end of that last stop, I genuinely thought there was a chance he was just going to disappear off into the distance to the point that I was actually getting angry with him. Look, I'm biased. I was getting angry going, what are you doing? Disappearing is not going to win you the championship. And even on the Channel 4 commentary, they were saying, well, he's proving the point. He can leave here satisfied that he was the better man and that he'd won this race on pace. I was like, that's just, that's not what you do. That's not, you can't give up without a fight. And sure enough, as soon as the sec- the final stop ended, he did. He backed Nico Rosberg up a hell of a lot, as much as he possibly could. So there's two points here. The first of which is, Jake, Mercedes have done such a good job, such a good job, that when one of their drivers deliberately drives as slowly as he possibly can, the rest of the field can't catch up enough to overtake. That is officially how embarrassing Formula One's rule book has got. If Lewis is backing up Nico and the rest of the field that much and they still can't keep up, wow, get back to the drawing board for 2017, guys, because that just shows you how incredible the Mercedes is compared to everything else on the grid. And it's actually a little bit shameful that Formula One is that in that kind of position when you consider that Lewis was not even driving at 50% of his capability and nobody could keep up with him. Um, and he was, they were, still weren't getting close enough. It's appalling. I mean, Rory Mackay has just written on on the stream, Sky was saying it was nine seconds slower than his poll time. I mean, that's that's GP, that's GP slower than GP2 pace. Yeah. I mean, and yet nobody could keep up with him. Well, there's, wow. two, there's two ways to look at it. You can, you can blame the rule book and you can blame the other teams for not getting up to speed because they've had time in, in this rules era to do it. Or you can take your hat off and say that Mercedes have been an amazing development machine oh, from yeah. day one. Yeah, I mean, we criticise Mercedes for being too dominant, but hang on a minute. Yeah. McLaren 1988, that's one of the great legendary racing cars. The Williams from 1992, that's one of the great masterpieces of Formula One. Uh, the McLarens from 1998, well, you never complained about any of those when they were dominating and they were just great masterpieces of engineering. Why isn't the 2016 Mercedes a masterpiece of engineering? Because you've got a short attention span, that's why. Uh, I do think, though, it's very, very interesting the way that it's played out, everybody I looked on Facebook is either criticizing Rosberg because the only reason he won the title is because Hamilton blew his engine at Sepang or Hamilton is not a very worthy uh, contender because he backed up into Rosberg. These are racing drivers. What do you think? They're just going to keel over and let it all happen. No, they're going to fight for every single inch of every single second of every single lap of a motor race. Otherwise, they shouldn't be Formula One drivers in the first place. Get over it. Okay, so that's the question we're asking, Chris. Is that tactic okay? Firstly, is it cheating? And secondly, is it sporting? It's, it's, It's not cheating. It's a different question as to whether it's sporting. I wouldn't say it was, but... It all comes down to, um, you know, has Lewis put himself before the team because he was instructed by not only his engineer, but by uh, Paddy as well to increase his pace because there was a risk of Vettel coming in and spoiling the show for Mercedes and potentially costing them a win. Now, Lewis said after the race that, oh, I had it all under control. I had never had any doubt that I wasn't going to win that race and, and all that because the team... Don't know that. You, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Chris. I, I've got to disagree. You, you have this idea about it being not sporting, but let's go back to 1994. Michael Schumacher steering into the side of Damon Hill when his car was already broken. 
stopping yeah. Damon from winning the title. And yet, oh, he's a great world champion. He didn't get any points taken away from him. Now, how can you then make the argument that Lewis didn't even get in the same bit of tarmac as Nico Rosberg? He just backed him up and held up the race. And yet that's unsportsmanlike. Grow up, everyone. Grow I had- up. I do kind of think that was kind of unsporting from 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 Michael that day. Of course it was, but everybody's still saying, "Oh, he's a seven times world champion, yeah, brilliant." That is slightly ridiculous. No, I don't think he was brilliant. It comes back. Let's go back to Malaysia 2013 when Vettel ignored team orders, mm. and uh, then we had this debate about whether is he a pure <laughs> racing driver because he's decided to to take matters into his own hands and you know go out and fight for that win. Or is he putting himself before the team? Is he too arrogant and that? Um, I'd say back then there wasn't a championship on the line. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a really tough debate. And at, at the moment, I'm still in two minds about it. I can't come down on one side about it just yet. <clears throat> I personally believe that the fact that Rosberg won the championship is not just down to Sepang. And I've been thinking about this for a while. Sepang could be an argument. Yes, if he'd have won that race, he probably would have been the world champion. But in Baku... No, 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 no. You're skipping ahead. We're skipping ahead. Let's oh, focus okay. oh, on... Oh, sorry. I'll, I'll, I'll get back in my... Let's focus on this race. <laughs> Alex, was it an unsporting... Was he a bit of a git for what he did? I was sat watching the race with another racer, and both of us were saying it's exactly what we would do. There you um, go. Because it's the only opportunity he has, <clears throat> a bar smashing him off the circuit, which isn't his style or anybody's style these days because <laughs> you get caught now. Um, to a way to win the race. The only thing he could possibly do was back them up. Martin Brundle had been saying it all weekend. Christian Horner had been saying it all weekend. Lewis didn't want to allude to what he was going to do, but it was obvious. It was the only, only thing he could do was get pole, which is what he set there to do, got it, and hold him up and hope that he gets, um, he gets swallowed up by the other boys because let's put it this way between the two red bull drivers the two ferrari drivers and the two mercedes drivers he is the worst in in wheel-to-wheel camp combat i don't think anyone will deny that um and he he would have got swallowed up by them i think lewis should have backed him up more in the first six seven laps before the first pit stop um but I don't think... Um, the problem he faced there relevant. is that if he'd have done it then, the team would have been onto him and may well have not given him the right strategy. So I think they really didn't want him to do that. In the chat room, Clara Tentley says, very unsportsmanlike and disrespectful to the team. And she says that as a Lewis Hamilton fan. Uh, Othnell says, Clara, what did he do wrong that was unsporting? Why did Rosberg simply not try to pass him? Ryan? He did nothing wrong whatsoever. Sorry, Ryan. I- I I don't know. I feel that uh well obviously it wasn't cheating but I have somewhat feel that it wasn't 100% good sportsmanship. I mean um I I don't know why I just it just didn't it was the only option yes it was the only option to do but uh the likes of uh, at the end of the race Sebastian Vettel said no I don't think it was good sportsmanship him doing that and I think uh, Mika Hakkinen also said it as well at some point. It's a bit like in football when you're defending a two-goal lead, a one-goal lead, and you part the bus. That's exactly what Lewis did. Yeah, he, yeah. He completely and utterly part the bus. And he's, what else could he do? Yeah, okay, he could have disappeared off into the distance, probably won that race by 10 seconds, but what would he have gained from it? Absolutely nothing. He had to do something. There was no sporting way or perceived sporting way that anything else could have happened. He had to do that, and it wasn't a dodgy tactic. If... if if any other driver, be the fact that I like them or not, had done that thing, 
I'd done the same thing. But I bet if it was the other way around, Nick uh, Lewis probably would have got past Nico. There is definitely that element to it. And I just say to the chat room, we understand that this is a heated topic, but let's not resort to personal insults. That That's purely for, for me against Chris. Chris. Right. I forgot what point I was going to make now. <laughs> <laughs> it's got that no, no, no. I've got it. I've got it. I've got it. Can you cut this bit out? <laughs> yeah, I, I swear. Right. So it's interesting what you say, Alex, about it being the other way around. Because had it been the other way around do you think we'd still be having this same debate about whether it was right or wrong? Well, knowing... He's mid-chew. Well, no... Knowing... Right. No, I was all right. I was waiting for you to talk, but it's okay. Um, this no, bit's I, a disaster! I, I hate I you all! I would have I would have actually respected Rosberg for doing that kind of tactic, but the difference is he hasn't got the patience, and I do think Lewis would have been much more aggressive and gone for him. Of course I'm going to say that because I'm a fan, but I just... I just don't think there's any other way that any other driver in that position would have done anything different. I believe that, well, with the way that today's um, uh, Hamilton fans are, I mean, it's not all of them, but it seems to be growing ever more and more to be this way, is that uh, all we'd get over Facebook or whatever is, oh my God, he should be penalised for that. This is is definitely not good sportsmanship. Oh, no, and all that sort of rubbish. Right, Ryan, I'm going to pick you up for that. I'm going to pick you up for that because I hear that same exact argument from both counts, from Lewis fans and from Lewis haters. Does that give away which side I'm on that I call them haters? But if I hear it from both sides, because what you get is you get the extreme people on each side making those extreme annoying arguments. And then you get the moderate people from those both sides saying, hey, why are you making that weird extreme argument? Alex, you're showing that hater stands for? Uh, having anger towards everyone reaching success. There we go. <laughs> which I realised is backwards because of these stupid cameras. Okay. I like it. That's, I like that. That's why I'm, I couldn't I'm read it. Remembering that and stealing it. I'll stick it on my Facebook, and you can steal it. Good man. So I think Ryan, we do see that from from both sides. Uh, so I, I really am reluctant to to put that on Hamilton fans or haters, uh, as you were. But can we talk a little bit, Jake, as as a management type yourself in charge of the illustrious Downforce Radio team? Did you not think it was weird and naive of the Mercedes pit wall? to tell Lewis Hamilton to effectively what they were ordering him to do was give up the title now. Yeah. In in that moment, I genuinely feel that Lewis Hamilton had grounds to tear up his contract for 2017 and go and join someone else. Because what you're basically saying there is that, yeah, there's a few laps to go here, Lewis, but let's be honest here, mate, you can't win the championship. Nothing bad is going to happen to Rosberg's car. Move over and let him win. It's the right thing to do. For who? It's certainly not the right thing to do for Lewis. He's a racing driver. You're never going to give him that opportunity to just move over and let it all happen. I mean, would Senna have ever done that? Would Schumacher have ever done that? Would Hakkinen have ever done that? No, they wouldn't because they were great champions. If you ask Lewis to bend over and let someone else take something from him, then you're no longer going for it. What did Senna always say that us Formula One fans always rave about? If you don't go for a gap, that if you no longer go for a gap that exists, you're no longer a racing driver. That's even worse in my book, just falling over, playing dead and letting Nico have it. No, you're a racing driver. You're going to push for every single second, no matter what it takes. If you're not that dedicated, then you shouldn't be doing it. Thing is, the team have got a right to ask because they don't care who wins the world championship. They just care. They don't. They don't have a right to ask. If they say they're going to let their drivers race and the constructors' championships already over, they don't have a right to ask. 
It's not their business. They've but, done everything they can to make it even and fair. It's up to the drivers on the track after that point. No more pit stops. No more intervention from the team. I'm sorry. That was idiotic. Absolutely idiotic to ask a racing driver fighting for a championship to give it to the other guy when they're in the same team. No. Stupid and asinine. On the other side of that, though, they had a, you know, a race win on the line with Vettel bearing down on them. What difference would it have made? Would it have cost them the Constructors' Championship? No. You've done everything you can for your drivers to go for the championship. Let them race. Always, always, always let them race. There's enough bad blood in Formula One in terms of the media and the way it's presented to people. If you're going to falsify a championship, well, that's a bit like the, fixify, the uh, fixing in the cricket scandal. You know, it was basically saying, well, it's not a sport anymore. We're just going to decide exactly who's going to win this race by consortium. It's a, it's a sport. If you're trying to take the sport away from people, then what's the point watching in the first place? They, they shouldn't have intervened. It's not their business anymore. They did their job. It's up to the drivers. The fact that they tried to then simmer mess down. With the simmer result. down, Sanson. Simmer down, Stupid. Sanson. Let, let, <laughs> let Ryan get in. Well, I think even if, uh, even if, um, Hamilton was to drive away or do what he did back up. I didn't think that Vettel would actually like overtake. Uh, if it's anything like the Motor GP paddock, which have like all the drivers uh, riders have their own little like niches and respect and all that sort of stuff. I don't think Vettel would have overtaken um, Rosberg if it meant that he would lose the title. And I think if if it weren't for the fact that Verstappen was chasing, if that was, say, Daniel Ricciardo chasing, I don't think Ricciardo would have made an attempt to overtake Rosberg if it meant that Rosberg would lose the title because they're good friends. Well, I don't agree with that. I think Ricciardo and Verstappen both would have gone for it, Chris. Uh... Yeah, they would have done. But what, what Jake said earlier, that applies to that. <laughs> I, we don't need to go through the whole thing again. We'll just cut. No, no, no. Okay, so I, I'm a little bit worried about the relationship between Lewis Hamilton and Mercedes at this point because, for me, it feels like they obviously would have known that he wasn't going to respond well to that. And Lewis Hamilton, in fact, his two radio calls that were broadcast were, I suggest, I suggest you guys just let us race. That was number one. And the second one was, I love it, it was it, you could have just added nonchalant whistling to this to make it perfect. I'm in the lead right now. I'm happy where I am. There's no problem here. <laughs> Move on, nothing to see. Uh, but I do fear what was the motivation of of Mercedes kind of trying that for so long for lap after lap, especially after it had been made clear that it wasn't going to happen. You know, maybe it would have been smart to do the thing of where cats fall down and then they just get up again and pretend nothing ever happened. As soon as they realised Lewis was going to ignore them, just kind of go, yeah, yeah, we were just letting them race. And they could have got a lot of credit for going, yep, it was a fair scrap. We were just letting them fight for the title. But actually, their irritation, especially from the the front three guys in Mercedes, was pretty clear with Toto saying, well, Lewis had two options. He could have either driven into the distance and shown how amazing he was, or he could have followed Christian Horner's instructions, laughed and then said, maybe he should go and drive for him. And it, it just it just feels like there's might be a little bit of a, a crack and a breakdown in that relationship. And Nico Rosberg's a world champion now, so maybe that's a bit more cash money, Alex. Let me put it this way: before, with all the engine stuff that Lewis has had this season, I'd say that, I, and I was always saying, there's no controversy, nothing. All those radio calls are basically Lewis give up, championships over, it's Nico's. It could start those conspiracies again and i'm not a conspiracy theorist person at all but it did scream of we want nico to win this 
Oh, yeah, you say that's not conspiracy theorist, but that is that's going to light up the chat room because that's exactly what conspiracy theorists would say. I mean, they didn't know they didn't want Rosberg to win the title. They just didn't want another collision. That's what they wouldn't want. They just didn't want all of the ignominy of, you know, two broken Mercedes at the side of a racetrack all over the newspapers tomorrow. That's the only thing they were concerned about. As far as they've concerned, they've already got a driver's world champion in one camp or the other. That all they didn't want was the two of them not to hit each other. And a uh, Mercedes employee did in the cool down room come in and greet Nika Rosberg by saying, "Next time, get it done quicker." And I, I don't know if I'm wrong that that's a Mercedes employee. Then I apologise, but it was in a what I thought was the Mercedes garb. But I'm not feeling the conspiracy. I genuinely don't believe there was a conspiracy. I think Lewis just had some shock. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Luck this year. I'll make that absolutely clear. But, you know, bal- false balance, etc. I thought I was Bernie Eccleston that said that in the cool down room. Oh, was it? Well, yeah, well, he's always said that he wanted Hamilton to win, surely. I don't know, but he's always, he's always like the most hilarious. He's like got all this controversy around him, but he's probably one of the funniest blokes in the paddock because he comes out with just random stuff that he does not mean whatsoever, but he just says it because like he's Bernie Eccleston, so he can. Okay, Bernie gets a Bernie gets a lot of stick, but I think the guy those people who think Bernie is old and doesn't know what he's doing haven't got a clue. That he's man like has been Trump. around the that man has been around the sport far too long. He knows exactly what he's saying when a camera goes in his face and exactly what's going to happen after it. I he knows how like to get Bernie. people talking about F one. Certainly, he knows exactly what to say to get people going. What? And, and that, that, that's that's a skill. You know, that's a skill to always be on point. To make Formula One something worth talking about, he's he's very very quick to say exactly the right thing to be controversial. Okay, I mean, he's very very talented at timing it right. Chat room yeah, says they say they say he doesn't know what know about media and things like that. He knows, oh, he does. He knows the media. Better. Yeah, he does. <laughs> he <laughs> he doesn't know exactly. social media, but he knows the media. Chat room says Lewis was more calm about it than you, Jake. Uh, agreed, says he Hannah was. Hassel. Compared to Jake, Lewis was so laid back he was almost horizontal. Chat room also suggesting that Mercedes owe Lewis Hamilton an apology for what they told him over the radio and that it was it was very very wrong. Really? There's some suggestion that Lewis Hamilton nearly left Mercedes after the Spain incident, and <laughs> and somebody saying this entire championship was staged. I I don't think I agree with that. 
No, I, I, I don't agree with uh, Mr. Gallimore on that one. At the end of the day, you may not like the way that the championship result has played out, but if you look at what has happened in each of the 21 races over the course of the year, you'd have to be the most incredible God-given writer to be able to make that play out over the course of the season as a fix. It's not physically possible. No chance. I tell you what a good radio call would have been, though, to Paddy Lowe from Paddy Lowe. Nico. World Championship and wins are on the line. Overtake Lewis Hamilton if he's going too slowly. Yeah, I agree. I agree. At the end of the day, this is not just a pussyfoot around the circuit, bring it over the chequered flag. It's a race. It's a race. At the end of the day, it's a race. You should be racing. And you could argue that Lewis shouldn't have backed Nico into Lewis. But by that same token, you could also argue that Nico shouldn't have been so cautious. He should have gone for it. Great champions go for it, don't they? You know, it's it's a double-edged sword, that argument, because you have to think about it in terms of, will Nico get another opportunity to win the championship against Lewis like this again? He might, he might not. But from a championship winning point of view, you do whatever it takes to win the championship. Both of them did that today. I've got nothing against either of them. Nico had absolutely no want to attack Lewis in no. any sense today. He didn't want to go after him at all. He wanted Lewis to disappear into the distance and he'd happily just hold the gap. He didn't want to go for Lewis. And I don't see, and he's, he, he was clever. You know, it's a Prost like thing to do. Just mm. take the points that you need to take. But he did not want to get tangled with Lewis because he knows he can't fight with Lewis. Last two points on this subject from Chris and Ryan. See, I, I, dis- I disagree with that because considering the moment he got Verstappen out of, way, out of the way, he did fastest lap after fastest lap after fastest lap after fastest lap to close down the gap to, uh, Hamilton, but the problem is with these new cars is the moment you get into the slipstream after a few no. laps, you're pretty much just like you could see the moment they were getting onto the straight, he'd get into the DRS. But the thing is, he'd have to pop out to cool the tires down into the engine. So pretty much he'd done like his tires and everything over trying to catch up to Lewis. But then anything after that, he pretty much had nothing left because the cars aren't capable of doing it. Ryan, he Ryan, popped, I'm, I'm, he po- I'm he, sorry, he that's not how I saw sorry, it. Sorry, sorry, as He he popped in all those laps to make a gap to Max because he knew he didn't want Max in between him and Lewis. He did not. He didn't. He had no intention of going after Lewis. He just didn't want Lewis getting too far away and also didn't want the gap. They wanted to make the gap, sorry, to Max Verstappen. That's it. Oh, Chris, I mean, I fully believe that Hamilton could have disappeared into the distance today at any point. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That, that, there's no question about it. He would have had this race completely in hand. I mean, just look at the way he was he was driving it. He, he wasn't taking anything out of that car. Had he been running at full pace, yeah, he'd have been 10 seconds down the road. Okay, and Jake touched upon a point which was... And I don't like the term, but was, is Nico Rosberg a worthy champion? There's no way around it. Nico Rosberg is the 2016 world champion, whether you think he should be or not. I don't like the term, is he a worthy champion? Because it's it's undefined. There's no, we don't know what worthy champion means. So to answer that, we would have to first define it and then decide. But that is the narrative. That has the, the question everyone has been asking. And what they really mean is, did Nico Rosberg, was he the better man? over the course of the 2016 season, was he a worthy champion? So I'll, I'll kick this off and I'll, I'll hand this over to the haters in the panel because we are completely split among the SpannersReady.com contributors among the panel. 
and uh, and and Alex, we were part of the people. In fact, people left our Spanners Ready chat group <laughs> over it. So you know, we've lost some people like that because it's it's a very it's a very high, highly strung, highly emotional, highly emotive subject. Uh, with people thinking that there's conspiracies coming in, people thinking their man was robbed, and uh, now Nico Rosberg fans, and I will say I'm only accepting opinions from Nico Rosberg fans that were fans pre-2013, by the way, just as a caveat. Sorry, Ryan. Uh, so here's how I saw it, Jake, and I'll hand it over to you and Chris first. Lewis Hamilton had 10 wins. He had 12 poles. Nico had 9 wins, 8 poles. Lewis Hamilton was on the same form that he was in 2015, absolutely on fire i think he's driven fantastically he made up two huge gaps for me the story of the season is undeniably in my biased lewis hamilton mind lewis had more failures but nico rosberg never cracked under the pressure but when lewis was firing and his car was firing he won when lewis had an error rosberg capitalized now, does that make it make him a worthy champion? Now, to me, that's the difference between did he clean up the nine ball rack or did his opponent, you know, hit the hit the black and have it ricochet in? They all count, but was it really a great win? I personally think both arguments stack up. I think there were moments when Lewis dropped the ball, but I do also think that there were moments when Rosberg capitalised on a great opportunity. I think this year he has been a lot stronger than he has been in the last two years mentally. I think he has been in terms of his racecraft a bit better. Spain was a bit of a tipping point for me because I think that was the moment when Rosberg really could have crumbled or he could have dug deep and realised where he was making mistakes. And he became a bit more schumacher ruthless he was still a dirty driver but he was a lot less clumsy with it you know he was able to put himself into a position where he could gain an advantage rather than screw up so i think there were opportunities though you say did lewis drop the ball well yes but it wasn't just his car that dropped the ball look at baku look at monza look at uh, suzuka many 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 points that lewis not the car lewis cost himself rosberg cost himself points in over the course of the year when you take everything every little thing into consideration you know the times when nico was not as good as lewis in qualifying when he's been able to gain an advantage in terms of strategy when lewis has absolutely monstered him on the track in racecraft all these little things you have to combine them together and if rosberg is still able to be there at the end of the year to challenge lewis then yes he is a worthy champion if he's done the job over 21 races and he's still there to fight for it of course he is this isn't even a debate I'll go to Chris next. I will just say, though, it's been annoying me for ages because the team principal of Mercedes came out and said in Monza and I think Singapore or one other race that that was a clutch issue. The clutch was not functioning properly. So at least some of those starts uh, are down to a clutch malfunction. And the two races that he mentioned, it it was the same power unit between Monza and I think it was Singapore. Uh, But people seem to sort of willfully ignore that. Because it's it wasn't you're saying it's all these little little things. It was it was lots of little things, Chris, and yeah, some big I things. To, I have to agree, and um, you know the starts thing is complicated because we've had mixed comments from both the drivers and the teams about what's been the issue. Was it the driver? Was it the team? When it comes to these sorts of things, and the debate gets quite uh, hostile uh, unnecessarily as well between Lewis and Nico. Um, so. And I have to kind of second what Jake was saying. You know, Nico has been on fine form. It's the best he's ever been driving. Um, I think Lewis has been really, really good as well. But I don't think it's been his best year. I think that 2015 was his best year. 
uh, he didn't seem to have as many uh, off races. And, okay, then, um, Chris. Okay, so you're saying Nico Rosberg has earned it. Okay, so give me what's your your main example of where Nico Rosberg has really ha- has had it head to head with Lewis Hamilton and has just beaten him, has just nailed him, and, and you Japan, know, Japan best example. Lewis at no point in that weekend showed any ability of beating him. And Singapore oh. would be another one. Um, and and yes, Nico has taken advantage of some of Lewis's misfortunes, but equally, Lewis has taken advantage of Nico's misfortunes, and that's the way a championship goes. You so, know, do, do, wait a minute, wait a minute. So, you're saying you're saying it's kind of balanced. So, are you saying that you think the amount of misfortunes this season has been even? I have totted up errors that the drivers have made and stuff that's gone wrong for them that wasn't their fault. And I'm not going to lie, mate. Um, it's between each of them. It's, it's one in it. You know, um, I've counted. That That is uh, bizarre. Okay, I'm, I'm, I don't want to flame this, but to me that sounds bizarre that you think that for bad luck and mechanical failures, Hamilton's had one extra bad thing happen. Don't know. Uh, not, not just mechanical failures. Unfortunate things that have cost them points that weren't their fault. In races, I might point out as well, because now I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily throw in China and Russia, the MGUH failures straight away, because we don't actually know if Lewis would have won those races had he had a clean weekend. So I've got an, like a little asterisk next to those. You know, you would have said a bare minimum second for, for China, but in Russia he finished second anyway. Um, it's interesting because a lot of the conversation here has been about whether Nico is a worthy champion and there's a lot of debate on the chat room on Facebook and on the YouTube stream. I don't want to go on forever and ever, but it's interesting when you talk to the hardcore Formula One fans I'm appealing to here in particular. In the 50s, we had a champion called Mike Hawthorne. 50s. Now, Mike Hawthorne was not the best driver over the course of the year in the eyes of the hardcore fans. Stoning Moss was. Did Moss win the championship? No. Denny Holm in the 60s up against Jack Brabham. You cannot say that because people have undeservedly won a championship before, that therefore then makes Nico Rosberg a worthy champion. That, no, that... no, I'm not saying that. You, you missed my point here completely. What I'm saying is people are saying that Nico Rosberg is not a worthy champion because of what's happened this year. Well, then how can you then claim that these drivers that we hold up as legends like Hawthorne, Hulm, James Hunt, Keke Rosberg, Jacques Villeneuve in the 90s, you could argue, Kimi Raikkonen in 2007 only won the title because Lewis Hamilton binned it into the gravel in the pits in Shanghai. He would have had that championship on a plate otherwise. You can't make that same argument without taking those, those into consideration. You'd call none of those guys legends. No, what, not even Kimi or James Hunt or Jack Villeneuve. He's a legend. Kimi had, Kimi had one good season that was given to him due to um, issues with Spygate. But they're world champions. Could you could you list all of those and say they were all rubbish world champions? Now, I, I wasn't I wasn't there in 1976, but when I watched watched Rush, I did wonder yeah. at the end why is he celebrating so hard? Like why would you be super happy when your main competitor has missed you know a big chunk of the season? Yeah, you can because be happy. Formula One is Formula One. Yeah, but it's happy. But it's the difference, like you said, in snooker. In, you know, it's the difference between getting a one four seven and and getting a bit of a, a fluky frame. They all count, but when you get the fluky frame, you tap the table, nod at your opponent, get your pint, and get ready for the next season. You don't jump up and down whooping. You know, it's sport. It's sport. At the end of the day, you do whatever it takes. It doesn't matter how you win. It's how you win. That's the kind of mindset you have to be to be a world champion in Formula One. And Nico is part of that mold. Ryan. Yeah, with the... Um, oh, I forgot who who it was now. The um, Sterling Moss and 
uh, Hawthorne. Well, effectively, Moss was champion, but because he was such a gentleman, because Hawthorne made a mess up and then came back on himself, uh, he said, no, 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 fair chap. Uh, he should be uh, champion. What he did, I don't see anything wrong with it. And uh, so gave up his championship. And uh, you don't really see Hamilton doing that, would do that nowadays. But anyway. But why, 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 is the, why is the achievement any less? And I'll tell you the reason why. It's because there's more opportunity for people with these outrageous opinions to express them and voice them everybody yeah. everybody shut up because we have we haven't we haven't broken the duck of having no americans on missed apex since it first began introducing live from a rehearsal in new york city it's matt to rumpus how's it going matt now you're on mute buddy and we can't hear him trying but to figure he's... out i'm hitting my... is that better yeah i've got you yeah, how's it going matt we are in the ah, middle of a good. massive argument so let's get your opinion quickly was lewis's uh, the correct one was Lewis's uh, tactics dirty and horrible? And secondly, is Nico Rosberg a worthy champion? We'll get your opinions on that and then argue about them offline. Sounds like a plan. Uh, were his tactics awful and horrible? No. I think they were perfectly reasonable and fair and well within the rules of Formula One. Absolutely no problem. Unsportsmanlike, I would say. Hmm? Unsportsmanlike? No, not at all. Not in the least. Not in the least. Uh, not only was it not unsportsmanlike, it was utterly expected. Lewis was going to do everything he could to win the championship. We all knew this, and that's exactly what he did. I don't know how anyone could have a problem with that. And more to the point, for those people who were Rosberg Fossey, all one of them, I would guess, on this show, uh, it actually made Rosberg look a lot better because it put him under tremendous pressure throughout the whole of the race. If if Lewis had driven off and Nico had driven off, he it would have just been you know like another day. It would have been like practically you know uh, a tire test or something as far as they were concerned. And instead, by Lewis backing everybody up, not only did it put Rosberg under a lot of pressure, it put Mercedes under a lot of pressure too. But it made the race a lot more interesting. So I think it was a win-win-win personally. It definitely did. So now Matt, uh, Nico Rosberg is the 2016 Formula One World Champion. I, I know you and me have not liked the term "worthy." Is he a worthy world champion? Yeah, you know, I mean, you can argue about whether he's a better driver. Than Good, Lewis, we will. Yes, but. But if you, if you cross the finish line and win the championship, yeah, 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 absolutely. He he did it enough to earn the championship. I mean, granted, he put himself in a position where he spent the whole last part of the season just not losing rather than winning, which did, I think was different to 2014 and certainly to you know, 2008, for example. Did he put himself in that but, situation or was he gifted that situation? Uh, he was in that situation. Was he gifted it? I mean, you could argue Lewis's uh, Malaysia engine explosion changed everything from a points point of view. But you could also argue, you know, the the bad start in Baku. There, there were a couple of times where Lewis took some points off the table, too. It was a situation he found himself in and he, and he got it across the finish line. Matt, I have uh, to say, job done. I have to say you're looking incredibly cool there in your orange sunglasses and your, your goatee. Where are you now? You're rehearsing uh, yeah. for a gig. You were going to plug something uh, for our American fans to go and see? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Anybody who happens to be in New York City on December 9th, come see me at the bitter end. So you look very, with you look very Bono-like. Yeah, oh, okay. someone's mentioned the fact you look so you like Bono. You're not the first person to tell me that, believe <laughs> but, it or not. My boss thinks the same thing, so. Okay, but those shades are just on point, those shades. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like them. 
Okay, Matt, oh. before we lose you to the gods of internet, we'll say thank you very much for popping by. Have a good rehearsal, and I will see you probably next on Spanner's Log. Absolutely. Well, the rehearsal's done. I got the concert in about an hour, so and I got to go find some food now because all the concessions here are closed and I brought nothing with me. Good times. It's good to know you're admin, Matt. We will catch you later. All Bye, right. Matt. Thanks. Bye. Take care. Okay, let's get back to yelling at each other. Chris Stevens. Right. So something I was going to uh, bring up before Matt came in um, was I took a look at their 17 podiums because both driver, uh, both drivers have had 17 podiums this season. And I counted up uh, who had more thirds and who had more seconds between them because we know that we know that Lewis had 10 wins and Nico uh, nine. Uh, interestingly, uh, Lewis Hamilton had two more third places. And Nico had two more second places. So that's where your, your, your small points gains come there because that's six points he's made up there. Okay, you, yeah. and Jake, you and Jake have both talked about small points gains. And, and I will make the case that, guys, you've had to work very, very hard to explain away the big points gains, which are, yes, we don't know the end result, but he twice got demoted to 10th place on the grid. He had to take a 20 place good penalty in spa he had an engine blow up in malaysia which not only cost him 25 points it promoted nico rosberg up a place and fair enough he did get punted by vettel at the beginning but there was some big big hits he took on points if you conservatively say that cost him 40 points not conservatively you could probably stretch that out to 50 let's not even consider the issues he had in qualifying like when in monaco he had an engine issue that stopped him getting pole he had several practice issues i think rosberg had one practice issue in uh, in austria it's a big big points gap and rosberg sneaked it he sneaked the title by 5 points guys it's a big deficit to explain away with the odd dodgy start yes yeah. and no Yes and no. Uh, I, I I don't see how that's any more a dramatic way to end the season with Rosberg stealing a championship away. Then I, I, I can see your point to me. I, I wanted at one point to use the Nigel Mansell thing from 1986. You know, that was a dead cert. And Alan Prost won another title and that was a worthy championship win. No, it wasn't. Mansell was way ahead of him and had beaten him fair and square. So by the same thing. But I suppose what you're trying to say here is that because they're in the same team, that should that sort of thing shouldn't really happen. Well, and therefore, not, not, Lewis not, really not, should have had that championship it, on a plate. It's on not paper. that it's not that it shouldn't happen. It's well within the realms of plausibility. It's it's unlikely that all those issues happen to one car rather than the other identical car. But it's well within random chance. So it just happened that way, and the timing of it allowed Rosberg to then dictate the season. Had they all been at the back end and Rosberg had been under more points pressure in the season, he would have had to have taken more risks, gone for more wins. But he was in a situation where he was able to cruise in and go for second places. I think, though, you could argue and say, well, Lewis should have been world champion using that argument. But I'm actually quite, and this is from a Lewis Hamilton fan here, I quite like the fact that Nico has won it. Not just from a, a sporting point of view, the fact that, oh, it's Lewis all the time and Nico can't win anything, now that Nico has. Yeah. 2017 is going to be all about how Lewis deals with this. Lewis has never been beaten by a teammate, properly, properly been beaten by a teammate when he's been at a team. You could argue Jensen beat him at McLaren in one season for points. Yeah, he did. But again, you know, circumstances went against Lewis. So for a championship fight, Lewis has never been beaten head to head by a teammate. Now he has. 
I can't wait to see how he deals with this because I think that will make or break him as a racing driver. Ryan. I really want to be in the front row when that happens. Let's hear from Ryan. Yeah, I got a couple of points. Um, one of them regarding Lewis and mechanical problems during the season. Essentially, some of them could be actually down to Lewis being more <sighs> aggressive on have, the car. Have you got any like evidence of that, Ryan? The engine. No, I don't. But the thing is, everyone's like, oh my God, yeah, the engine's blowout. It's automatically, that's the team's fault. But essentially, at the end of the day, if you drive a car too hard or beyond its limits, then it's going to break. Now, Nico potentially can be driving it a little bit more conservatively, which also leads to the end of the day. I know that's what people don't want because people want to see people pushing it to the limit. But if Nico's more conservative, it means that it's going to pay dividends at the towards the end. But the other point I got regarding uh, Rosberg being a title winner, I sort of, when I was looking at it, I've been wanting it purely because one of the reasons is Rosberg's been at Mercedes since day one, and he's been through thick and thin back when Mercedes were sort of struggling in the midfield sort of thing, and only just managing to grasp a win uh, a season or something like that. So he's been there since day one, like pushing hard and hard, and finally he's got got it, and I think he it's well-deserved. Alex? All right, so on the Lewis drives his car too hard, rubbish um, well done in the in, in, the, <laughs> in the old days i would tend to agree with you unfortunately in days of telemetry where the engineers know absolutely everything that is going on with those cars if lewis was if lewis is driving or any driver's driving forget lewis any driver's driving was doing something to detrimentally hurt the car they would engineer that out of the driver's driving so i think the whole Lewis drives cars too hard. He's a complete and utter moot point. And did we not find out in Petronas that there was a, a, some engine oil stuff going on, Chris? That, that was yeah. not his fault. Yeah. So maybe we can mitigate against that. Chat room doesn't agree with you, Ryan. I suggest you have a little scroll through there. Be nice, chat room. Be nice. Chris? It's a chat room. They're not going to be nice. <laughs> I, I wanted to uh, address the thing of, of luck. Because luck is something that's been brought out quite a lot. And, you know, people people who say that Nico's just won this on luck, I would like to defer you to the 2012 championship finale that uh, those of you will remember that Sebastian Vettel won in Brazil. I would just like to say, had it been a warmer day, there is no way he would have made the end of that race. Talk about luck. Actually, talk about luck. Let's go ahead and talk about the 2008. Uh, well, 2000, yeah, 2008 championship finale. That... I. That, that is about as lucky as luck gets. 2010 as well, another Vettel one. 2007 as well. Yes. Uh, I, okay. Luck always comes down and plays a part in this. Th- there is a difference. There is a difference. Firstly, you're talking about an open championship between different teams. And yes, luck played factors. There was lots of things that happened. Singapore, fuel hose, etc. But look, we're talking about two drivers here who were so far ahead of the field that that level of imbalance and luck was able to make the difference because had they been a team that didn't have such a huge advantage, he would have been under pressure from the rest of the field. But Rosberg literally had no one to race against in the season. When Lewis was there with no issue, he generally won. And when he wasn't there, Rosberg was out on his own. There is a there is a crucial difference. Sorry, Alex, I know you want to get in, but there is there is there is a crucial point. difference between between then and now. And there's this is when you have a dominant car and 
the championship is going down between two drivers from the same team, then it's not the good days that make a difference. It's how you deal with the bad ones. Correct. So let, take a look at Rosberg in Malaysia, still coming away with a podium. Really great there. Yeah. Compare that to, uh, I mean, this may not be a perfect example, but Lewis in Baku after he binned it in qualifying and uh, didn't make the advantages up he needed in the race. Correct. So there, are other, there, are other, there are other examples to that as are well. Are we really going to ignore the, the difference between the issue that Rosberg had and Hamilton had in Baku? I really, I don't want to go over that. No, 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 no. Okay, but you can, let's talk about how you react on the bad days when the conditions don't suit you. All worthy champions, all the greats, they're fantastic in the wet, aren't they? Silverstone, Monaco, Brazil. Now I'm look. I'm not chat rooms saying that I'm 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 bashing Rosberg. I'm, I'm not. He, he can't take it away from him. He's the champion. He did everything he needed to do. You can only play the team that you're up against. You can thrash Ackerman and Stanley. It's no less of a victory because they were there. But when it came down to the <laughs> the rain races, he was embarrassing. He was embarrassingly slow against. Nico Ros- against Lewis Hamilton in Monaco he was seventh place and in danger of being lapped in Silverstone he lost out to Max Verstappen in Brazil again barring tactics on pace he lost out to the second best team that's a second down the road behind them he he has not performed well and I'll make my final case in wheel to wheel combat this year he has hit Kimi Raikkonen Max Verstappen, Lewis Hamilton, when they were nail-on accidents, he's caused. You can't point to Nico Rosberg's season and say he has driven fantastically. I'm sorry, he just hasn't, Alex. Yeah, but you can't, you can't, well, sorry, sorry, but you can't do that about Lewis either, because you could say the same things about Lewis in different contexts. Okay, so Nico is the 2016 world champion, who in this room and the chat room believes Nico is the best driver in Formula One. No, of course he isn't. Who, hang on, who believes... Who believes he's better than Daniel Ricciardo, who came third? He's not. Who's, who believes he's better than Vettel, who came fourth? He's not. Who believes he's better than Max Verstappen? Who believes he's better than even Kimi Raikkonen? I don't think he is. So, no. so you've either got to whole, say you've either got to he, say what, he's had an he's absolute done. blinder this season, which I think I've successfully demonstrated he hasn't, or we've just had one of those seasons, a complete freak of circumstances that's allowed him to do it. And given that chance mm. and given that ability, he's taken full advantage of him. Of it, can't take that away from him. But come on, let's let's not give this some a prominence and merit that it doesn't have. The praise I will give Nico. He has been the perfect, if not the best, number two driver. Yeah. That's say because, I mean, for example, Mark Webber, perfect example, made Sebastian Vettel's championships look better because he yeah. couldn't just follow Vettel home every single race. That car was so much more dominant than it actually looked because Webber couldn't get the job done. What the brilliance is of a number two driver, of a good number two driver, is if the number one driver, which is Lewis, um, can't make it work, the number two driver is there to pick up the pieces. That's what he has done perfectly. He hasn't won this championship by being the best driver. He's won this championship by being the best number two. Yeah, I'd I'd, I'd go as far as to kind of back up what you're saying there, Alex, and to uh, justify what you're saying, Spanners, in that if you look at people like Jody Schechter, who won the championship for Ferrari, that was the best car, but Gilles Villeneuve was the better driver. 
Uh, and then again, you know, it just happens to be that circumstance plays a better hand to Rosberg this season than Lewis. Luck is something that everybody justifies as, you know, the be all and end all. Oh, well, it's only luck that Nico Rosberg is the champion. Luck is not just something that quantifies Formula One. And you, you, there are people who believe in luck and people who believe that you make your own luck. You, what, the thing is, you have to take the cards that you're dealt with. There's nothing else you can do as a Formula One driver, as a person, as a human. And I think people automatically assume that the human element in Formula One is not what makes the difference because the cars are the best cars on the grid. They should be perfect every single time. It doesn't work like that. You know, these cars are not identical, the two Mercedes cars. You can't make identical Formula One cars anymore. You just can't do it. I don't think you've ever been able to do it because the human element changes it. At the end of the day, a racing driver has to accept the cards that they're dealt with and deal with that. Nico has been brilliant at dealing with the cards that has been given him this year. Now, does that make him better than the drivers that Alex was talking about there, the Verstappens, the Raikkonens, the Alonsos, you know, the, the Ricardos? No, it probably doesn't. And pure pace in a karting race when they've all got the same equipment, Nico probably would be fifth or sixth or seventh. But he had the best equipment. He made good use of it. And no racing driver anywhere in the world would be proud of themselves if they didn't do that. You're given the best equipment, of course you go and win the championship. You damn sure make sure you win the championship because you'll never get another chance to do it. Chris, final final ish word. The uh, yeah, maybe Nico well, maybe. He isn't the fastest driver on the grid, is he? I, I certainly don't think he's faster than Lewis Hamilton. I've always thought that Lewis is the more naturally gifted racing driver. Does that mean he is a less worthy champion as we're giving this stick should he be any less proud of himself no no way he should be ecstatic with what he's done this year and yeah even he does have the best car there's no way you don't find yourself in a car like that if you don't deserve it correct that's my final word on it okay then boys so i think we've all agreed then that it was a massive fluke and he's not a worthy... Ch- no, okay. So we <laughs> no. <laughs> when we started having... I agree, a- let's end there. When we yeah. started having a chat about this straight after the race, uh, you know, in the WhatsApp groups and stuff like that, I was delighted because the range of opinions was fantastic. And isn't it, isn't it fantastic that we get to watch and enjoy a sport where such a range of opinions can be not only valid to us but we can sit here and and back arguments up and go backwards and forwards and when you're in a room full of intelligent people that can disagree respectfully you are indeed in a privileged position so jake you think worthy champion alex you think probably not ryan does because he hates lewis hamilton because he's a traitor chris (laughs) chris you think he he is a worthy champion and the, the luck element has been overplayed yeah yeah more or less yeah, and and I tend to err to the fact that this has been rather a freak season. Rosberg's done nothing wrong. Rosberg's, apart from, you know, all the examples of the wrong stuff he did, I guess. <laughs> but, but, but I mean, what I mean is he's done nothing wrong. As his as him as a driver, with his ability, he's taken the title home. And, I, and I'm sure that's not an easy thing to do. Let's give the last word to Ryan Ferret Ferris. I'd say Rosberg won't be a true champion until he wins his second. I thought you were pro Rosberg. I know that, but to be honest, your first you get your first championship, but you got to prove yourself by getting your second one. You flip flop there. I don't know if we can get on with that. Okay, before we go to the podium, I want to find out what everyone's up to over the winter. Now, Jake, for your benefit, I'm about to play a bumper. Okay. Okay. This is Downforce Radio. 
and it's the bumper of your station. What is Downforce Radio up to before we catch up with you again for the Formula One season? Motorsport doesn't stop just because F1 does. Indeed, it doesn't. And on Downforce Radio, we've got a lot of stuff coming up. We're still doing our weekly shows through the course of the winter. So uh, we're actually adjusting the pit board program that runs on Thursday nights at 8 p.m. so that it's a bit more motorsport based rather than just pure Formula One. Uh, and there's a lot more comedy that's going to be brought into it. We want to make it the mock the week. Have I got news for you of Formula One and motor racing? That's what we want to do. So we're going to get a little bit closer to that format uh 8 p.m thursdays make sure you do that uh and then also we're getting ourselves ready for the downforce radio awards for 2016 it's a very very important award ceremony lots of drivers in the british motorsports scene being honored including the henry certes teen racer of the year and the kia Miller under 13 racer of the year that's taking place at the simply race venue in milton Keynes on december the 17th and everyone is welcome it's a tenor to get in and you can hang out with some of the greatest racing drivers in great britain this year i mean it's such an amazing opportunity uh we're doing a raffle on the night as well all the proceeds are going to the national autistic society that's going to be a great winter for us and then obviously after the uh, award ceremony we're going to continue with the build-up to the new motorsport season not just in f1 but in all sorts of other disciplines as well there'll be some live coverage of things we'll be at the autosport show for all four days hope you can join us there for that as well there's so much coming if you want to keep up with it at downforce radio on twitter and on facebook as well facebook.com forward slash downforce radio please 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 like and follow we'll give you as much as you ask for do i have to pay the tenor to get into the awards thing you're gonna you're gonna charge me come on I might let you in, Spanners, because otherwise you'll hit me. But everyone else, yeah, you're going to get charged. Chris Stevens. I know, Ben, I don't get charged. <laughs> Chris Stevens, what are you up to over the winter? Uh, plenty of content still going to be coming your way at formulaspy.com. Uh, I'm also uh, launching my own website now about, uh, about TV, film, music, video games, or media, all that sort of stuff. What's it called? Uh, it's called Millennium Harvest. I've mentioned it on the podcast before. There was a bit of a delay uh, after I mentioned it, uh, that podcast, because that was quite a while ago. But um, I, yeah, I thought it'd be best to launch it after the motorsport season is done when I've got a bit more time on my hands. So, uh, yeah, that's coming in like the next couple of weeks or so. Definitely, um, you know, before Christmas. Uh, what else am I doing? Um, for, the, uh, for an end of season awards type thing, I'm getting together with a couple of uh, friends again that I used to do a podcast with um, last year, uh, and uh, we're we're sort of getting together and, and making a, a, a one-off thing. That's pretty much my plans so far. So a bit of nerd culture. I'm in. I'm all in on movies and games. Ryan, any commentating planned over the winter? Ah, uh, there might be some stuff, but you know, during the winter I'll probably lock, be locked in my mum's basement, twiddling my thumbs till the season starts again you know thumbs as always thumbs sure sure thumbs okay but you can follow him at ferret 115 that's et not anything no it is it not et oh okay there there we go and now alex you me and ryan are going to be in january competing at aforementioned milton Keynes simply race in there you tell me so Simply Race are putting on uh, the SRTCC, which is the Simply Race Touring Car Championship, which is being done in TCR cars, which are front-wheel drive touring cars, basically. Um, and the first round is in February? February 5th. February 5th. February the 5th, that was it. And, um, it's going to be at Suzuka. Um, I've been there. I did 
eight laps and I was rubbish because I'd hate the front wheel drive cars but I'll get there in the end I will find some pace well um, you're an RT, that, you, you're representing Miss Apex podcast at that event I am representing Miss Apex podcast um, which I only told my wife about today and she looked a bit surprised so we'll go on from that um, well that's because yeah, you so, have led me to believe you are good but Bradley Philpot tells me you are some 10 seconds off the general pace Brad thinks I'm rubbish at everything, so don't listen to a word Brad says. I'll find the pace. It won't be a problem. Um, However, the other thing that I will massively be underperforming in is the British Rental Car Championship, which is on the weekend of the 20th of January. For the win! For the win! Held also in Milton Keynes, um, but at Formula Fast. Um, and the, the, there, there is going to be commentary. It's actually going to be streamed live on YouTube. So you can watch mm-hmm. me underperform and watch Rubens Bootins probably win four straight titles on the truck. Am oh. I allowed to come along and uh, watch it in some You are thing? more than welcome, as long as you don't drop chocolate in Luke's car again. Okay, I won't do that. Ouch, big burn. Uh, so back, <laughs> back to the sim racing on February the 5th. You are leading up the Mist Apex team. Ryan, I believe, is on your team as well. I can't remember who the third person is. He's going to kill oh, me. Oh, is he? Yeah, he's on your team. Uh, <laughs> and then I uh, am in the SpannersReady.com team, headed up by editor Stephen Williams. So we'll be up against you. And our hated evil enemies are Downforce Radio, headed up by Jake Sanson. You are to take them out on site. That is a team order. Take out Going Jake Sanson on Going site. Going down. Going down. You won't get a chance because we'll have Scott Woodwiss and Piers Pryor miles ahead of all of you. So sort that out. Not happening. Whatever. I beat Woodwiss online one yeah. time with one race when You're he crashed. We will win the championship so beautifully. It will be like Nico Rosberg did it. You're, you can't plan to fluke it. Okay, let's go on to some <laughs> awards. Okay, guys, it's time for some final awards of the season. We are going to do, of course, a season wrap-up in the coming weeks. Uh, We also are going to have a BadgerGP.com takeover of Missed Apex podcast. Very, very excited for that. So, guys, who was your thing of the weekend? Keep it brief without yelling, Jake. Who was your thing of the weekend? Uh, Force India wrapping up the fourth place in the Constructors' Championship. Absolutely. Well done, Jeansy. Um. Ferrari actually getting one strategy call right for the first time in about five years. Well, if you bet on red and black, then yeah, you, you, you're going to win on one of them. Ryan, who was your thing of the weekend? I was going to say Jensen Button's Braun-esque helmet. I yeah, how cool did that look yeah. against the black Ferrari? Uh, Chris, Sparkles? I was going to say Force India, but Jake took it. So uh, I'll say Verstappen's recovery from a spin on the first corner. To yeah. Amen. Not bad. Amen. And my thing of the weekend is Nico Rosberg. But, you know, obviously I've I've not been his best mate so far on you this podcast. You are so desperate to get the stream <laughs> back on your side. No, no, no. At least at least two of them agree with me. No, uh, because he did he did something amazingly cool which is go past park firme go nah do donuts on the start finish straight after you've won a world championship get on your car and celebrate it there on the track like that that was amazingly cool all right then let's go on to the bad thing oh no you missed the apex ryan who missed the apex for you i don't know because so much happened and i've drank gin since um ryan missed the apex (laughs) yeah i missed the apex no i think uh Jensen Button's right front suspension. That's true. actually hit the apex, but you know. Yeah, that definitely hit the apex, Jeansy. Jeansy. Um, um, my brain's gone. 
I had something, and then I listened to Ryan talking about gin. I've forgotten. He's, <laughs> hip, he's hip, he is hypnotic, isn't he? You just look at him and go, oh, "How is uh, how I, I is that? How now. does that um, be?" He's got the munchies. The Mercedes pit wall. Um, they should have just left them all alone today and just let them go on with it. Just let it, them made, it, made, it made everything that happened today look bad because cheap. they wouldn't shut up. Yeah, cheap. Chris, who missed the apex? Uh, Ferrari with Kimi Raikkonen. Bad strategy. Yeah, hardly new. Didn't we say that we were banning Ferrari from getting the missed Apex award because it was it was becoming too too frequent? Jake, who missed the Apex for you? Uh, Sebastian Vettel for getting so close to the back of Nico Rosberg and then not going for it. The pansy. And mine, all that tension, all that build up, and nothing. Yeah, mine goes to David Coulthard, who I think is brilliant. By the way, I think he's a great presenter, and seeing as he's probably he's a very powerful man, actually, he's behind the scenes. I think we'll find that he will probably own Formula One at some point. Uh, but it was cringy that he made them shake hands again because he was in the way. That was so awkward. Yeah, that was pathetic. I, I swear, like every time uh, it was uh, David Coulthard was chatting, and then Rosberg or someone was relating to uh, Hamilton, it was almost like he stepped aside. And and it turned into the David Coulthard's Jeremy Kyle show, and they were just there, like <laughs> <laughs> explaining their emotions and all that sort of stuff. How do you feel? Get off! I'm going to hit you in a minute. <laughs> Who uh, has everyone done their missed apex? Oh, do we have a daddy? I want a pony. Has anybody got a daddy? I want a pony. Hang on, let me play it. Alex, then Jake, um, Paddy Low. Really, yes. really getting whingy and whiny at Lewis <laughs> for, for, for doing what any champion would do. Jake? I'm going to say it again, Paddy Lowe. I'm sorry, but it needs to be said twice because he really should have shut his mouth. Now, they didn't play it, but apparently Nico Rosberg said, you should let me past Lewis Hamilton yeah, they did play to, it. to get away, and then I promise that I will let him back past me. Yeah, that, that is not something you can really say, Nico. We're not going to believe that. That, that, shows... that was just trying, scratching it. He's either clutching at straws, has shown a bizarre understanding of Lewis Hamilton's mentality, or it was just, it was really out of place. Chris? I've got one from the GP2. Go. Jordan King, uh, and he did a a Kimi Raikkonen. He said, said, leave me alone. Wow. Okay, but we we don't don't criticise Jordan King here, especially as we're trying to get him to come back on once he becomes a Formula One driver. So let's... uh, Oh, oh, it was great. It was just funny. We all like that. Uh, excellent guys thank you very very much for joining us on what could have been reduced to more yelling we could have we could have been more aggressive we actually do have a comment a comment of the week comment of the week and it comes from our facebook group chat we had a, a thread on there for the race review we had hundreds of comments which we have had for the last couple of weeks i think it's a really nice place to hang out and chat during the grand prix so come and join us at the missed apex podcast group uh, on facebook and it came from hannah hassel talking about ferrari's strategy saying yeah considering ferrari's strategy department is jeremy clarkson and orangutan and boise from only fools and horses it's not bad (laughs) and that just leaves me to say i hope you've enjoyed being with us this season and that you'll stay with us for next season so to make sure we don't lose you over the winter, can I please ask that you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or your podcast app. If you don't have a podcast app for Android, I suggest Dogcatcher or Pocketcast. 
Subscribing means that you will be automatically given and gifted each episode as it comes and you don't have to rely on my woeful publicity and social media skills. Uh, Also, we think the live stream moving to YouTube has been a fantastic success. It's a pretty fun place to hang out. It's on the Spanners Ready channel on YouTube. You can get the link from spannersready.com forward slash live stream. And if you subscribe there then you'll get a notification every time we go live. And finally, if you think you're going to miss me and Matt Trumpets over the winter, then fear not. You can listen to me and Matt Trumpets on a brand new podcast called Spanners Log, which will be kind of an informal topical diary podcast. Follow me at Spanners Ready on Twitter to get details of that. Over the winter, Missed Apex Podcast will be with you at least every two weeks keeping it going, keeping the feed alive before a riveting 2017 season. Join us for the BadgerGP.com takeover, our own Missed Apex and SpannersReady.com season review, and remember that wounds heal, chicks dig scars, and glory lasts forever. This has been Missed Apex. So, are we all still friends or what? Yeah. I don't know. Sounded a bit emotional. No, definitely not. I don't know if I, I, don't <laughs> know if I like Ryan Standard anymore. Horse banners, so nothing's changed as far as I'm concerned. Jeansy, it's just you and me, mate. It's just you and me. <laughs> Screw these guys. They're not real fans. They haven't got a oh. <laughs> Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.